Good morning and welcome to episode two of the Beans Talk Coffee podcast, where we believe your coffee has something to say. Learn how to listen and enjoy your coffee more each week with me as we taste our way around the world and build a better understanding of our daily brew right from home. It tastes better this way. I'm your host, Trevor Ogborn, and today we're drinking Sumatra from 81301 Coffee. I hope you're able to sip it alongside me. As we'll do at the beginning of every episode, we're going to start by tasting the featured coffee of the week together, because life happens after coffee, and it's time to get started. 81301 is a small, independent roasting company located in Durango, Colorado, which actually puts them pretty close to home for me. I've brewed their Sumatra in an AeroPress, which is a great homebrew method, and you can find the details on my blog at beanstalkpodcast.com. This coffee, like last week's, is a single-origin coffee, meaning all of the beans came from the same farm in the same country or region. Sumatra, where these particular beans are from, is the largest island in Indonesia, where coffee was first grown by Dutch colonists in the late 1600s and early 1700s. This region is credited as the third major origin for coffee cultivation, after Ethiopia, where it was first discovered, and Arabia, where it subsequently grew and was popularized. Coffee here is grown at a relatively low elevation due to the island's topography, and so we're going to typically expect it to taste fairly earthy as a result. The bag confirms this, listing the tasting notes as full and earthy. But to me, this coffee is doing some interesting stuff. Sage, who co-owns 81301, tells me that this coffee was shade-dried on patios, which helps give it a cleaner flavor. And boy, does it. As you take a sip, I want you to think lemongrass. It has this citrusy acidity that comes through bright and clean alongside kind of a green springy grassiness. I'm told there's some peppercorn notes present as well, which I can almost find if I'm looking for them. It's by no means as heavy-bodied as last week's Rouse Honduras, which, if you were able to drink that, rolled around your tongue kind of like a whole milk. I definitely wouldn't say this coffee is particularly thin or watery either, though, so that full descriptor is perfect. As you enjoy your cup, as I do mine, I want to talk about some of the attributes we can look for when tasting coffee, focusing specifically on aroma and flavor in particular. Last week, we talked about just being more present with our cup as we drink it, and I hope you've taken the time to think about your coffee more actively over the past week. The next step is learning how to talk about the information our senses are picking up on as we become more present with our cup. Now, if you're drinking 81301 Sumatra with me this morning, don't feel bad if you're thinking, this guy is crazy with his lemongrass and peppercorn talk. Rest assured, you're not the only one. Take me back a year and I'd be scratching my head too, because it took time and thoughtfulness for me to get where I'm at now and I've still honestly got a long way to go. It's not something that just happens out of the blue overnight. I'll tell you this though, everything, not just my coffee, has started tasting better along the way. Turns out we may not actually pay very much attention to how things taste in the moment, which is why conscientious tasting, slowing down and being more present, was step one for enjoying coffee more in the first place. When professionals talk about coffee, there's a long list of attributes that they're actively looking for. There's fragrance and aroma, flavor, aftertaste, acidity, body, balance, sweetness, clean cup, uniformity, and defects. We're going to talk about aroma and flavor today and touch on the rest later. You may know this already, but I was shocked when I first found out. Our perception of taste can roughly be attributed 20% to our tongue and 80% to our nose. That's right. Tongue 20, nose 80. We're taught at the young age that the tongue is for tasting and the nose is for smelling. 
but in reality, the tongue is pretty dumb at its job. Generally speaking, it can only perceive five different flavors. Salt, sweet, sour, bitter, and umami, or savory. The rest of the magic happens in our retronasal passages, located towards the back of our throat, where our scent receptors actually help augment our tongue and give us a more complete sense of flavor. In the words of Finnish sommelier Samuel Angelov, and I've mispronounced that name, he says tasting starts with smelling. The nose is the entrance hall to tasting. If you've ever paid attention to how food tastes, or rather doesn't, when you're sick, this should make a lot of sense to you. Flavors are muted and our perceptions get muddy when our nose is all stuffed up and clogged. All this to say that smell is critical to taste. And I also want to say memory is central to perception of flavor too. It's our reference point, and we access it each time we access these senses. It's how we build a catalog of what we like and what we don't like. Without being present and thoughtful accessing that memory, it's impossible to cross-reference our experiences in the moment and draw on them. This takes practice, so don't feel bad at all if you don't get it right away. I'm here to tell you about the tools we can use to get better. The easiest place to start is right on the bag. Most coffees, especially the ones we're drinking on the show, will have tasting notes listed somewhere on the front. Without getting too far ahead of ourselves topically, different coffees have different flavors, and the way they're roasted will highlight those flavors in different ways. The notes on the front of your coffee bag are kind of like a cheat sheet from the roasters themselves, telling you to look for certain flavors and help guide your experience along the way. That said, for one reason or another, the tasting notes may be generalized or simplified. They may not give you the whole picture of what you're actually tasting. Sometimes even, there may be no tasting notes at all. That's okay. Have you ever had a moment where you knew something almost on the tip of your tongue, but couldn't quite place it? Then someone else shouts it out before you've put your finger on it, and boom, duh, of course it occurs to you. That happens for me all the time with coffee. With the Sumatra we're drinking today, I totally picked up on the lemongrass ahead of time, but I didn't taste any of the peppercorn until Sage pointed it out to me. Sometimes we need something to help jog our memory, to access the lexicon, that language of taste. Enter the coffee flavor wheel. This colorful graph, developed and maintained by the Specialty Coffee Association, is the gold standard reference guide for coffee tasting. Like an onion, this circular graph has different layers or rings to it. The innermost ring containing broad flavors categories like sweet, roasted, or spicy. That next layer or ring contains less general descriptors, getting more specific, distinguishing between, say, nutty or cocoa. A final layer offers very precise flavor descriptors that coffee can display, kind of like orange or clove. Let's talk about how to use it. So generally speaking, there are three opportunities for coffee to really showcase what it's got going on. When you first grind it, when you add water, and when you actually drink it. When you grind fresh coffee, you're breaking up the beans and exposing a lot of new surface area. All of the oil and material trapped inside the bean gets released, and suddenly a lot of new aromatic compounds get access to the air around it. It's a great opportunity to get that nose in close, that entrance hall, close to the coffee to consider the fragrance. In coffee, fragrance refers to the aromatic properties of dry, ground coffee. It's the first impression you'll get from the beans. After you add hot water, you begin extracting all of those oils and aromatic compounds into the coffee. This opens up the coffee beans, breaking down more material as it dissolves and releases more smell for you to, well, smell. This second impression is called aroma, referring to aromatic properties of wetted coffee grounds. And finally, there's flavor. Now, last week I mentioned that I slurp my coffee, and this isn't just for fun, although it is sort of fun. Slurping coffee helps spray it across your tongue and 
back into the retronasal passage that we talked about earlier. When you slurp coffee, you're giving yourself the best possible conditions to pick up on all the different nuances present in the cup. It's what we're talking about when we're discussing the actual flavor of coffee, that pairing of those main senses that your tongue can taste and everything else that your retronasal passage detects. As you go through those stages of smelling the dry grounds, the wet ground, and then ultimately tasting the coffee, you can reference the flavor wheel, starting in the middle and working yourself outwards towards the more specific flavors as you go along. It's a great tool for accessing memories or even finding out where there are gaps in yours. I, for example, am not super great at detecting nutty notes in coffee, probably because I've always been the kind of guy to pick all the M&Ms out of the trail mix and leaving the almonds and cashews for someone else to choke down. With this in mind, though, I can make an effort to eat more nuts and build on my memories of these flavors to reference down the road. Now, I have to confess, I have a poster of the coffee wheel hanging up above my desk because I'm a major geek when it comes to coffee and informational posters. It's kind of the sweet spot for me. I'm not necessarily saying you need to get this wild. Many coffees, especially ones that we're going to taste together on the show, will have a couple tasting notes on the bag, like I said, and those are there to help jog your memories and look for particular flavors that the roaster targeted for that coffee. I want to stress something, though. Just because I'm saying that I taste something, or the bag says something other than what you're tasting, doesn't mean you're wrong. What you taste in your coffee is just that. It's yours, and there should be no shame in that. And as you build your language, your memories of different flavors, you'll actually get better at finding them and appreciating them down the road. In the coffee industry, there are tools like the coffee wheel, as well as specific classes and certifications to help calibrate that sense of smell and taste. When you're a coffee roaster, for example, you want to be able to present specific flavors in your coffee and describe them to your customers accurately. You want your coffee to be accessible to the audience you roast it for. As consumers, though, we are that audience. The pressure is off to be right, because coffee is ultimately something for us to enjoy. So take what they say, and what I say even, as a suggestion, because this is all for you. I hope you're able to take this lesson and carry it forward with you as you enjoy your coffee this week. Today's coffee, Sumatra from 81301, is a great opportunity to start. Try smelling it while it's ground and when it's brewing, and definitely prepare to be present with your cup as you drink it. Slurp away to make the most of your tongue and nose, and look through your memory banks for similar flavors you've enjoyed in the past. See if you can apply them to the cup. I encourage you to search for the coffee wheel as a great reference guide, and I'll try to include some links in my blog to help. Thanks for listening in to episode two of the Beans Talk Coffee podcast. I hope you enjoyed your coffee just a little bit more today. Next week, we're going to be drinking Peru El Hawaiian coffee from Jubilee Coffee Roaster in Aurora, Colorado. We'll be defining specialty coffee and what makes it so different and, well, special in the first place. If you have specific questions about coffee that you'd like me to answer, like whether it's okay to freeze coffee or whether you should start grinding your coffee at home, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at bt at beanstalkpodcast.com. You can find out more about upcoming featured coffees with links to purchase, how I'm brewing it, and other information about this project online at beanstalkpodcast.com. There, you can also sign up for the Beanstalk Coffee newsletter to get updates and links right into your inbox. I hope you'll also connect with us on social media, and don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Until next week, sip, sip, share. Hey again, Trevor here. If you're a coffee roaster or have one you'd like me to reach out to, please visit my website and let me know. I'm thrilled to get in touch with different roasters around the world to feature their coffees. 
It's completely free, and all I ask is they donate a bag of coffee for me to sample and share on the show. Thanks, and have a great day.